Welcome to another episode of Heroes and. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, comic books, trailers, TV shows. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, chances are we're going to be talking about it. My name is Cody. And I'm Andy. And Cody, we're back. Man, it's just you and me for this episode. Should Lean on me, pal. <laughs> when you're not strong. <laughs> it's, uh, it should be good, man. It's just you and me. And I'm excited because today we get to talk about heroes and origin stories and so it should be a good one Uh, we're going to talk origin stories but before we do that we want to do one of our segments with you guys the listeners and for this segment that we're going to do we're going to go with you haven't heard from just andy and i in a while yes so we just want to catch you up to speed on on what we're what we're excited about yeah so andy what's happening in our lives one would say that the segment is called what's What's up what's up yeah exactly what up with that (laughs) so uh (laughs) again this is just we share with you guys listeners what's happening in our lives and um so yeah so cody what's up man so they announced this week that the rise of the tomb raider game the sequel to the tomb raider 2013 reboot yeah uh, it was originally supposed to, like, there was speculation, rumors that it was going to be an Xbox One exclusive, mm-hmm. which those of you listening are going to find out now. I'm a PlayStation 4 guy. Yes. You... I'm not going to spit fire on the Xbox One. Uh-huh. That's another episode. <laughs> That's another, <laughs> because I tend to land more, fall towards Xbox. Yeah, I don't know why. Only because, well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Good thing you asked. Only because of Halo. <laughs> Only because. Why don't. There's going to be an episode. There's history between Cody and I. <laughs> and Halo. And Andy's the reason I. Really, we'll talk about that uh, later. That's another. But anyway, so originally the Rise of the Tomb Raider game, the sequel to the Tomb Raider 2013 reboot, was going to be an Xbox One exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced earlier this week that it is going to be a late 2016 release mm-hmm. compared to uh, for a PS4 and PC compared yeah. to Xbox One's early 2016 release. So if you have an Xbox One, you're getting or an Xbox 360, you're getting it beginning of 2016 whereas if you have a PS4, you're getting it at a much better time, which oh is holiday 2016. Oh my gosh. Right this time guy. for Christmas. Yeah, no one wants to get a game so, early. <laughs> so you can you can mail you can go ahead and pre-order that and for PS4 and mail it to. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but the other thing I'm excited. So I'm excited about Rise of the Tomb Raider. I was really worried that I wasn't going to get to play the game. Yes. Because the first Tomb Raider or the Tomb Raider reboot mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to play. It was great storytelling uh, and such. And so when they announced that it was possibly not going to be on PS4, I was really kind of bummed out and. There was a moment where I thought I thought Xbox One might at least be tied with PS4. But that moment has passed. Oh my gosh. Uh so but the other thing I'm excited about was they Marvel has announced that the Avengers Age of Ultron Blu-ray and home video, you know, not home like VHS, but the DVD home packs. release yeah. of Age of Ultron is going to be October 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm just ex- I'm excited to watch that movie again and not have to pay you know, thirteen dollars to see it in a the theater. So it'll be fun to it'll be fun to watch it again. It'll be fun to get get back into that. So I think that's it though for me. Andy, what's up with you? Uh so it, right now in my life, something that's really exciting and something that 
has been cool to just to watch and to enjoy as a TV viewer is wrestling. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I love y'all going to learn today. Yeah, <laughs> I love wrestling, not uh, the Greco-Roman kind, but the fake kind. <laughs> and so the soap I, opera kind. Exactly. So I love WWE and one of the things that really uh, has me really excited about being a wrestling fan right now is that they called up a lot of the female wrestlers from NXT, and now there are now all of the, most of them, a good handful of them, are on the on TV on Monday Night Raw and on SmackDown. And so, if you're a wrestling fan, you know exactly what what shows I'm talking about, and these words make sense to you. Uh, but like Sasha, I have no ba- idea. <laughs> exactly, Cody's like, I don't know what in the world you're talking about. Um, but like Sasha Banks, she's the NXT Divas Champion. She's now. She's appearing on Raw and SmackDown and, and, and on the pay-per-views and stuff like that. So it's awesome for her. Another big thing for wrestling fans, The Undertaker is back. And he surprised everyone with coming back at the last pay-per-view, Battleground. He and will so, not be undertaken. Exactly, exactly. And so he, uh, it's really exciting that he's back and he's going to be... Probably the the co-main event for their big SummerSlam pay-per-view happening next month. And so it's, it's just good. Right now, if you're a wrestling fan, wrestling is really really good right now for the most part it's not correct me if i'm wrong uh but i'm i'm pretty sure that i read that hulk hogan got like fired yeah (laughs) yeah actually that just came out uh today actually you know when we're recording this episode but it just came out today that uh yeah he and wwe are no longer he's not a he's not working for them anymore unfortunately few years ago some stuff came out about hulk hogan and it was actually like a video or an audio tape of him using some pretty nasty words um some racial slurs and whatnot and so wwe quickly when that kind of when that stuff resurfaced or came out officially had to reevaluate I'm, yeah yeah that so, partnership yeah so they quickly made that decision to, to let him go which is actually really sad if you're a wrestling fan if you're a long-term wrestling fan everyone knows hulk hogan and so it's kind of kind of sucks, but I get it. I, under, I understand why they why they did it. And I think from what we've been, at least what I've been reading on social media and stuff, Hulk Hogan is he understands and he he's owning up to it and his mistakes and whatnot. So that's what's up with me right now. I love wrestling. Wrestling is great. It's a lot of fun. So. You guys should check it out. <laughs> it's I don't know why they're, I'm not working for them. I don't know why I just gave them a plug. You it's, just, you it, just plug WWE. It, it is what it is. Are, so, you, is this, are we sponsored? Not, is this your way of revealing? Not yet. Oh, We're not sponsored not, okay. yet. Okay. okay. Uh, so, right. so, so that's what's up with us. Let's talk about heroes and origin stories. And we're talking here, when we say origin stories, we're talking more, more specifically with origin stories played out on screen yeah. uh, in film. Mm-hmm. And in movies, so first thing I think we should just go over is kind of what what does an origin story really look like? Yeah, and obviously, what does that in, yeah what does that entail? And obviously, since we're talking about it here on the podcast, we're looking at it through the lens of of superheroes, through comic books, and you know stuff that is or for the most part there is already material on it, and so now to pull from to yeah, draw from exactly. So how how do they take that material, and then how do they do a good the movie studios and directors and writers how do they successfully put all of that in in a movie and so um so let's talk yeah like you said Cody let's talk a little bit about what what a, a good origin story or what an origin story includes obviously just in in general it includes the introduction to to that character and and the world of that character yeah we're seeing everything that the character is about 
We're seeing they the relationships that they have, seeing their powers, their beliefs, mm-hmm. all of the things that kind of that really make the character who they are. Yeah. In, with Guardians of the Galaxy, we're seeing how Peter Quill was abducted. Yeah. With Tony Stark, we're seeing how he's a genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. Yeah. Who can kind of do whatever he wants, but mm-hmm. then he gets that all stripped away when he gets kidnapped. Yeah. So, and sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Tony Stark's rich. <laughs> yeah, t- <laughs> Tony Stark's rich. If you don't know it, he's rich. Uh, Stark Industries is... Uh, so... <laughs> but another another thing, too, that you get in the origin story is obviously how they come to get these powers or, you know, they get in the position where they are, where they have these superpowers or... Um, even if it's something they're born with, like maybe like an X Men. Maybe movie. they're born with it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe like, it's Maybelline. Yeah, maybe. We're not plug- two plugs. We're not. <laughs> we're not sponsored by <laughs> by a makeup company. What but yeah, so we see we see how they get their powers for the most part. Um, but I, I mean, we're can, also go ahead. Go we're ahead. also seeing like what they stand for, kind of. Yeah. Why they do what they do. Yeah. Which I think is huge. Yeah, we see a little bit of the intentionality behind them. We see. As a core at, at, at the human level, whether or not they have superpowers or a super suit or whatever, um, at, we see them at, at a human level of their personality, their personality traits, their sense of humor, the way they think, the way they process information. Um, so we see all that in that origin story. Another thing that it's it's important to note in the origin story is there has to be some some kind of fall. There has to be some kind of, and it's, it's unfortunate, but there has to be some kind of trauma, a disaster, something that happened in that person to to make them who they are today. Like yeah. when we meet them, when we there's got to be story. some type of some type of fire. Yeah, you know, some type of incident that kind of refines them. Mm-hmm. Maybe makes them reevaluate. You know, sometimes it's them reevaluating whether or not they can do this. Yeah, things like that, and I think that's huge. I think that is a big way, a big element of how in a story you start to root for a character. Mm-hmm. You know, even like outside of superhero, you know, outside of superhero stuff, like with yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. The biggest reason we're rooting for Harry Potter is because he, his parents die when he's very young. Yeah. And he grows up with his aunt and uncle who hate him. Yeah. And his cousin who hates him. Mm-hmm. And he lives in a freaking he lives in a cupboard under the stairs yeah. in this little tiny space, mm-hmm. and he has all these things going against him, and he still kind of you know emerges triumphantly. Yeah. And I think that's a huge a huge part of how we care about these characters and how we you know start to root for them. Yeah. And I think that kind of that idea of rooting for a character is kind of what takes us to the next part, the next big element of a of a origin story. And that's what what's happening within the viewer during that origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a couple. There's a the main thing is the viewer is deciding whether or not they really care about the character. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that goes back to, you know, the how well they they introduce his character and how well they introduce that 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 tension. Or if it's you know if it's a, a death in the family or whatever it is, you know how well they present that to the audience that is going to make the audience care about them. And so For sure. Yeah, it kinda like what you were saying, are we gonna cheer for this for this character or do we care about this character? And so depending on how well they do that is gonna set up how well the viewers accept or reject 
this this character as a whole and it goes back also to kind of relating to to that character too so yeah you know maybe you know if you if you lost your your, your parents you know when you were young maybe it's easier for you to relate to a, a batman you yeah. know or maybe if, if you, you've seen if you've seen ant-man yeah maybe it's easy for you to relate to scott lang because yeah. you're a parent yeah, and you know, you know the difficulties of being a parent. And you know how much you love your that child, your your children, and so it's easier for you to relate to that character, so, uh, relate to that character. And so because of that, I think again that other the other thing from the viewer's perspective, man, are do we care about this about this character? Are we are we hooked? You know, is there enough details? Is there enough? Uh, of a connection between the viewer and this this character that's on yeah, the screen and, and the world that they live in. I think the other thing with what what is happening within the viewer, what the viewer is kind of deciding during that origin movie is whether or not they believe in the portrayal of the character. Yeah. So like with you know with uh, with Iron Man, we're mm-hmm. we're seeing you know remember way, way back when yeah when Iron Man started this whole MCU thing. Mm-hmm. The fir- the whole I I would argue that most of that movie, at least up until probably the final fight, maybe even mm-hmm. we're deciding as a viewer whether whether or not we're rooting for Tony Stark, but also whether or not we believe in Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. And I think with maybe with Robert Downey Jr., it's kind of like he kind of just born for that role. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it's a little. And I think with Iron Man never having been portrayed in a movie before. He kind of had more going for him mm-hmm. uh, because he, you know, there wasn't anyone that he was being compared to other than the comic books. Mm-hmm. And for the general populace, nobody, they, you know, they don't know comic books. They haven't read comic books. So, mm-hmm. but you have characters then, or you have people then like, like Ben Affleck. Yeah. You know, which Batman Superman hasn't, Batman versus Superman hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. But he's going up against, you know, all of the other, the long list of people who have played Batman. And especially with how well DC's done their animated stuff, he's not even just going up against Christian Bale. He's going up against Kevin Conroy yeah. and all the guys that have voiced Batman. Yeah. So And and to your point, to your point too, I don't know why my voice just cracked, but to your point And he's a middle schooler. <laughs> um Mark I Morales. think I think it's I think it's important to to point out that with Iron Man, when when the viewer is watching a movie and we are thinking and processing to ourselves, okay, do I believe that this actor is really this character? Or, you know, am I convinced that this actor is, you know, are they they doing a good job really convincing me that this is who they are, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, With Iron Man, that's why when that movie was announced, it was such a big deal because it was, you know, everyone thought, why Iron Man? You know, like, who's Iron Man? And then when when the studio released and made the announcement that it was going to be Robert Downey Jr., Unfortunately, in his career at that point, he had some some issues and some demons that he had to work out himself. Yeah. Some addictions he had, he had wrestled through, and he was kind of trying to come out of. Yeah, and, and exactly. And so it was even a risk for Marvel to go with an actor like Robert Downey Jr. And so even even then, there's another level. Excuse me, another layer of the viewer thinking: Okay, can I really accept Robert Downey Jr. and can I accept him to be? This character, can I accept him to be Tony Stark? Because you, know? you have Tony, in, in that case, Robert Downey Jr.'s personal demons, yeah, that are off screen, yeah, that yeah. are uh, going to be affecting people's judgment. Exactly, unfortunate, and, and you know, I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not yeah, saying it's, it's, it's right. Really, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it, it just it is what it is. It's one of those those things that we just can't control. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that. But also to your point about Batman, I thought 
yeah, that's why people are nervous about Ben Affleck or that. I mean, you and me, Cody, we're not too nervous about it. We've seen now, we you know a pretty long extended trailer from from San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. So you know, you and me, we we're we're okay. We 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 believe in in Ben Affleck, but and Harvey Dent. Yeah, and we, and we believe in Harvey Dent, and <laughs> but we also we know that there are some friends of ours who, when the news first broke, they weren't. Um, they weren't confident in Ben right. Affleck, and, and I I think that we we're kind of the minority. Yeah, and maybe less now that we've seen you know we've seen him in the suit and we've seen the trail the San Diego Comic Con trailer and uh-huh. everything. Maybe there's more people that are like, okay, this could probably work. But I think definitely when they first announced that casting choice, when he was first, they first said, yeah, Ben Affleck is your new Batman. It it blew up the internet. Like yeah. it was like people were hating on it. They hashtag Batfleck. Yeah, you know all this stuff. Mm-hmm. People were losing it because they thought, why Ben Affleck? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, and it didn't help the the fact that Christian Bale just did three amazing yeah. Batman movies. And yeah, with yeah with Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Christian Bale. You have like because I feel like for at least for me, when I picture Batman, I picture Christian Bale. And I and I would too. And I know that there are listeners right now, and I know people in my life that when they think Batman, they think My- Michael Keaton. They right. Think the the original two. They Batman think the movies. Tim Burton, the Tim yeah. Burton Batman. Mm-hmm. So I, I think when so when the news came out about Ben Affleck, unfortunately, coming off of the Dark Knight Rises and the Dark Knight and Batman Begins, we see Christian Bale. He was Batman in those three movies, and. Those are amazing movies where everyone loves general audience, but also comic book fanatics. You yeah. Know? So everyone loved those movies, and so to come off of that to then make this announcement that Ben Affleck was the new guy, it was it was a little nerve wracking, you know, to accept yeah, that. Yeah, because people have something that they've grown to love. They've mm-hmm. grown to love Christian Bale's portrayal. Yeah. Or Michael Keaton's portrayal. Yeah. And now they have to say, "You're just going to take that and like almost act like it never happened." Yeah. Yeah, so that that's tough. So I mean, that's another another element, another layer of origin stories. Is hey, as a viewer, you know, am am I in? You know, that I buy into the this this world and this this character, and also this actor portraying this world. And, right. And I think another thing too to point out is un un. It's unfortunate, but it is it's the truth of the matter. When dealing with origin stories. It's just as important to develop the hero in the movie as well as well as it is to develop the the villain, the, villain. The, the antagonist, and so it's the other side of the coin, you know. And so we can we we know movies and we've seen movies that the villain just it was the villain wasn't there, you know. And so that maybe that's why the movie didn't do so well, yeah. you know. And I, I don't know I don't know if people have said this or not, but. Like with Daredevil, for example, you know they did Daredevil, the, the Ben Affleck, yeah, Daredevil. and with Ben Affleck in it too. And when I watched that movie, I don't know if it's, I don't know if Ben Affleck was it was the reason why that movie, quote unquote, didn't do so well. You know, they had Elektra in in that movie. Maybe that's why it didn't do so well. They also had Bullseye as the villain, and maybe that's why it didn't do so well. Yeah, even though Bullseye is one of the more iconic characters, or excuse me, villains to Daredevil, mm-hmm. so it makes sense why they would go with, uh, right. with Bullseye. Yeah, it makes so. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if the way they portrayed him with with Colin Farrell, I don't know if that's that was the right guy for or how they like his costume or his getup. You know, maybe that's why that movie wasn't so good. You know, it was because well, that guy was kind of cheesy. 
you know maybe you know maybe that was why that movie didn't do so well yeah i i think I mean, we're kind of going into the next thing uh so let's but we'll i think we'll we come back to bad examples yeah and we'll touch on you know back on daredevil let's talk about some good examples let's start with the start with the good news yeah first <laughs> that, that there are movies that have gotten origin stories right yeah so what what do you think is your number one my number one might throw you off actually because i think a lot of people don't think of this movie and a lot of people i don't know if they would say it it's their favorite marvel movie but it's it's definitely one of my favorite marvel movies and that's the incredible hulk i think I'm actually really surprised you didn't go with something bat- like with Batman Begins. Oh yeah, I know, I know, and I think you might because say you're a Batman guy. I am a Batman guy, but I think I think the Incredible Hulk did a great job with that origin story. I agree, and and, and it, they did. What's amazing about that movie is they explain his origin in the opening credits yeah. with no words, with no words whatsoever. There's there's a couple newspapers and some video like old footage. Of, yeah, some flashbacks and. They kind of bring you up to speed in like the first minute of, you know, of the movie. And then the rest of the movie is spent on this character, you know, and him wrestling with this monster that he has. literal inner demon. Yeah, that he has within him. And so the rest of the movie, he's trying to deal with that, how how to contain it, how to live life with it without breaking into this huge hulk. And so they, I mean, I love that movie. I really, really do. It might be... My favorite Phase One movie. When it when I look back at the Phase One movies, it might be my favorite one because I think again it was such it was so enjoyable. You just walk in and you already know who this guy is, yeah, and then and they I, go right into the action. Had the Hulk, the Eric Bana. Yeah, the first one, the Hulk. Hulk just, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Hulk going in its favor, mm-hmm. and the fact that so like that that movie I think is you know got younger audiences yeah like you know our like our generation mm-hmm. that di- maybe didn't know who hulk was yeah that kind of had they had lingering thoughts of that but then also you have you know the old hulk tv show yeah that had older older generations mm-hmm. kind of also you know having an understanding of of him yeah and That's so I, I, re- I really feel like that one kind of gets like it tends to get forgotten about I, exactly, and I think that's why I, I I talk about it whenever I can, or I I bring it up whenever I can, is because a lot of people they don't talk about it or they forget about it, and so you know I really enjoyed it. And the cool thing is, is that it kind of goes right into the action. Again, right. as for another thing about origin story is they have to walk a fine line between character development, world development, and then action and and humor to break it up. Yeah, you know the the, the balance between the fun stuff that we want to see of just Hulk smashing things yeah. versus the development of, you know, of the character. Yeah. With, with, with any of these. Yeah. With, or maybe with if Bruce there's Banner with, you know, where is it, whether it's Betty? Tony Stark. Yeah. And, yeah. And Tony Stark is iron in Iron Man versus like, you know, in like in the suit, just seeing him, you know, shoot, ta- shoot missiles at tanks and walk away. Yeah. Versus Tony Stark and how he's dealing with this, you know, coming out of this tragedy. Yeah. So I really feel like that's really a good a good example. It maybe doesn't count as an origin story because I don't know, maybe because they just kind of rebuilt that movie on the ashes of the first Hulk <laughs> movie, maybe. And so I don't know. But I really enjoy that one a lot. Obviously I think for you and me, we both would say Batman Begins is a great I think, I think Batman story. Batman mm-hmm. Begins is a great one. I think Guardians of the Freaking Galaxy 
is a great one. <laughs> Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the official title. That's the official <laughs> title. The unofficial title. I think James Gunn and Chris Pratt would be okay with me yeah, calling the Guardians of the Freaking Galaxy. <laughs> they would be okay with that. I think that one's cool. I think that one's just cool because you're in, you're meeting all of these characters for the first time. Yeah. And so there's it doesn't feel like you're getting you're spending too much time on one. Mm-hmm. But I think the one that I think of in particular that is maybe my favorite is Amazing Spider-Man. The the the, the reboot, the, the reboot. One. Mm-hmm. Reboot with with Andrew Garfield yeah. as as Spider-Man. I think that they did a great job in that movie of explaining how or you see how Spider-Man is there's a there's a layer of when Peter Parker is Spider-Man mm-hmm. versus when he's Peter Parker. Yeah. Where there's, you know, is he when he's Peter Parker, he's still nervous and he's awkward and he's a little shy. Yeah. But then he puts on the mask and it kind of makes sense that, yeah. you'd, you know, you'd put on a mask and it would, you're no longer held account. Your face is no longer held accountable you for maybe, your actions. You maybe have a boost of confidence yeah. or whatever, you and, know. And you're able to show off your powers and things yeah. like that. Things that he can't do as Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's cool seeing that. Also with that one you see, which is kind of, you know, comic booky like in in essence, but you see... Spider-Man be funny. Yeah. And just be like in I think maybe the first the first 3 kind of lost sight of that, mm-hmm. especially by Amazing or not by Amazing but Sp- by Spider-Man 3. Yeah. You lose sight of the humoristic aspect of Spider-Man. Yeah. But I love I love again the Peter Parker versus Spider-Man like that dynamic. I also love with that one how you see that Peter Parker has a really like you said you mentioned earlier with developing the villain well Mm -hmm. i think in that one they do a great job of developing the lizard and developing kirk connors yeah yeah, yeah. and it makes the them developing that relationship between which i don't know i don't know if in the comics that's something that happens where peter and kirk connors have that that kind of friendship or Mm -hmm. mentorship kind of deal but them having that i think it it adds it added so much more weight yeah. To every decision that the lizard was making, mm-hmm. and every time, like every punch that Peter Parker, that Spider Man would have to throw against his mentor, you know, yeah. it added so much more. Like because you grow to you grow in the beginning of that movie to like Kurt Connors, yeah, and to like him him his relationship with Peter Peter, Peter Parker, Parker. Mm-hmm. and then you see that that ultimately kind of is. Resol- re- resolved over now that he's a creature, he's a monster. It's, right. not, it's resolved over them fighting against each other, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think some of the reason I might also like that one is because I really liked the Amazing Spider-Man game <laughs> that yeah. came out. Which, yeah. <laughs> which, I, like, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 game, it's not really worth playing. But with that one, you see it's post the, the movie. It's, a, it's post the movie. It's after the movie. And you see that Spider-Man is working with Kurt Connors to try and stop this new this new villain that's terrorizing the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think it was so cool seeing that relationship developed, and I think that having that relationship helped to develop the villain because it was no longer just Kurt Connors, like it was no longer just a monster, it wasn't just a lizard. That was the Kurt Connors that you at that point, you know, started you, to love. Yeah, you knew and you had an appreciation for. I think another thing about that movie that I personally love, so I. I'm totally okay with, and I, I agree that that's a great origin story. But another aspect of that movie that I personally love is the heart in that movie. There's a, there's so much heart in that movie. You see with Peter Parker, 
Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Peter Parker and and Gwen Stacy. And then there's a lot of heart between him and, and his aunt and his uncle. And so I feel like there's there's so much heart in that movie. And another thing too, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I enjoy the soundtrack and the score of that movie. I hear that score and I immediately, I don't know why, but I immediately know that it's it's Spider-Man. I, I, I immediately know it's the amazing Spider-Man and it's, it's, it's encouraging somehow. I don't know how, but it's encouraging. It's, it's uplifting. It's somehow it's empowering. It's just a really good score. I really, really enjoy that score. But, and then another thing too, we're quickly to go back to Batman Begins, maybe something that why Batman Begins was, was so great and so amazing is because Everyone, for the most part, understands and knows that Batman, Bruce Wayne, is Batman because of his the, parents' death. Yeah, the death of his parents, you know, them being murdered. Um, and so in the other movies, we just see him. That's that's why he became Batman. And so now he's this Batman yeah, character. It, it seems like in the other movies, we see that it, there's too much of a jump there. Yeah, there's, there's, a, a, there's a time skip from when his parents die to when he's like he's, all of a sudden he's Batman. And with Batman Begins... We see that even in in his you know young adulthood in his twenties, yeah, he's struggling still with the effects of his parents' death on his on his life, yeah, and on his city, yeah. And we see him, we see him seek out training, yeah. And then in that movie, we see how he becomes the Batman. He, it's not how, a matter of yeah how he develops that skill set, yeah, which is really really neat. And so I think that's why that movie is is really good and it's a good example of a good origin story. Let's go to let's go to the other side of the coin of bad examples of origin the bat story. Nipples side. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah. And this one isn't necessarily to say that these are knocks like the, that these movies aren't good, but right. they you know maybe they were slow or maybe they they didn't do so well with just in general with with the origin and aspect of it. But Cody, what are some examples? What's one that kind of comes to mind immediately when you think of maybe a, a bad example of an origin story? In your opinion, of course, this is just our opinion. I I in particular I think of the first Thor movie because in that movie, which it like you see Thor as Thor, like he has his powers and it's all really cool in that opening in opening part of the movie yeah where he's you know still in asgard and mm-hmm. before before he gets banished you see him have an attitude and you see him ultimately get you know struck like sent down to earth and his hammer follows him and you know odin says whosoever holds this hammer should he be worthy possess the powers of thor and then from there it seems like there's too much time there's like you mentioned there's not enough balance of action to keep the movie interesting yeah versus you know, character development. It seems like from there we spend a lot of time develop more time developing Thor's character than maybe is necessary, or maybe even, or maybe even it's it's that relationship between um him and his love interest. Maybe that's what it. Maybe you're yeah. maybe you're seeing more of those other the three human characters in that movie. Maybe at that point, yeah, I don't know, but I think you're right. I think there is some. Maybe it's just maybe too much time between that. The first action scene to the next. I I think also scene. with with that one, it doesn't it doesn't feel like when Thor finally is able to pick up the hammer again. Yeah, it doesn't feel earned to me. Like hmm. it, it feels like he he spent a week on weekend out on Earth, and all of a sudden, yeah, okay, I'm 
I can wield the hammer again. I know in the comic book origins, like he's, I think it's like seven years or something crazy. Like he gets yeah. paralyzed and like all kinds of crazy stuff that is happening before even before he becomes Thor again. So I th- I think that might also be some of it. Maybe they're not developing his character well enough. I, I don't know. It's hard with him being struck with, you know, in a, a stranger in a strange land. Yeah. With fish, no, out of, fish out of water kind yeah, of thing. With no powers. Mm-hmm. With... Like they do a good job in in that scene where he's trying to get he goes to get the hammer where they see yeah he can still fight and he, he can hold up his own he can hold his own even against a big guy yeah then guys that he's fought bigger than mm-hmm. uh, and Hawkeye is attacking him and all those things <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's like ten seconds of screen time but you so you see that he can still hold up to that but then he can't get the hammer and he gets all depressed yeah and then he goes back and he explains to Jane Foster the nine realms and he does it all like all hot and you know like, <laughs> and and mysterious and, and artsy like, let me try you like he's like i'm not i'm not trying to flirt with you at all i'm just trying to teach you about <laughs> about asgard <laughs> like That's religion and science are one and the same it's like, hey, maybe it's just because because chris hemsworth is you know like because <laughs> he's chris hemsworth and he's got long hair, and it kind of seems a little soap opera. You know? <laughs> that's really. I appreciate your your Thor uh, impression. <laughs> uh, that's really good. Uh, so I think I I think with Thor, I would agree with you to some degree that yeah, it's a little, a little slow. I think there is some some humor there that kind of helps with the momentum of it. Yeah, you know, with him like with uh, particularly his Jane Foster's assistant. Yeah, or and, intern. Exactly, and then also just with him being not of this earth and this world and realm that he throws his the coffee mug, he's, I'll have another, you know? And so that's funny to us because we don't do that. And so, <laughs> yeah. uh, or he walks into a pet shop and he's like, I'll take your finest horse, you know? Or, you know, so um, I think those those moments help carry and move the story along. But, um, yeah, there are some slow moments. I think for me, one, one example that comes to mind of, of, of maybe – Maybe it wasn't the best origin story or film, but it, it, for me, and guys, don't don't hate me, but for me, I would say maybe it's Iron Man. I know a lot of people love, love Iron Man. And to, even to this day, they would say that Iron Man is their favorite Marvel movie. Um, but to me, I think, I don't know, I, I do appreciate a good story. I'm not saying I don't appreciate a good story, but I think to me, the whole cave scene, all that, the, his, his whole time in the cave, I think that was too long mm-hmm. for me personally. I don't know. I, when I watch it now, I almost uh, almost every time I, I just fast forward to the point where he gets rescued and then he's at the press count, uh, the press conference and he has a burger, a, oh, you know, a, a Burger King sandwich. And he just tells everyone, hey, hey, hey let's just all have let's a seat. Let's, let's just all sit down and be casual. Let's just all <laughs> like I usually jump into the movie at that point because that's when I feel like the story, that's when the story continues to develop and carry on. But um, that's my opinion of another of a bad example. The, the other one that I think of and sound guy Steven if you're listening, you, mm-hmm. you'll probably appreciate this, but the Captain America movie. Yeah. Because with the Captain America movie, we see, and again, I, I do think that I do think that was a good movie. I think it was, it was fun. But you see, in the beginning of the movie, we see puny Steve Rogers mm-hmm. with Chris Evans' head you know, like <laughs> yeah. CGI'd onto him, which uh-huh. is, it looks good. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not knocking that. It's just, it's just funny to see. But So we see, you know, we spend what feels like a long time seeing him Seeing him trying to get in the military and not. And then we see him finally get into the military and he's training and he's still not like, you know, he like 
knocks the flagpole over and gets the flag and then gets his ride back to camp and all those things. And we see, oh, he okay, he finally, like, he becomes a super soldier, and he's fast, and it works. Yeah. And he's fast, and he's strong, and everything. And he grows out of his pants. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then Erkskin dies. Mm-hmm. And from there, he the super soldier program's disbanded. Mm-hmm. And he's no longer able to be in the super, so- like, in, in the military. So then he's fighting Hitler. He punches Hitler. He punches Hitler, like. Several times. Yeah, a lot of times. Uh-huh. As a as a you know raising funds for the war effort, but that that all of that time just seems like it's so drawn out mm-hmm. before we actually see him be Captain America. Yeah, before when, he goes on that mission to rescue to rescue Bucky, Bucky. and Dum 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 Dugan. And, yeah, and, and those guys. Yeah, I will say something that's to go back before I forget because I just thought about it right now. But to go back to Guardians of the Galaxy, I think one thing that hadn't that was going for them. Um, and why maybe maybe why it was a good origin story, maybe why uh, we enjoyed it and loved it so much is because they were really clever of how they introduced their characters. They were really really clever since from the first trailer when it was a, it was a it was a lineup. They did that lineup. Yeah, and so immediately the biggest thing that they had to overcome as a movie studio with this movie was how are we going to introduce all these characters? And not, they're not even like human characters. They're right. they're alien races and they're like from each, different... And it's not like they're multiple. Like It's not like there's like five groups standing no, there. No. There's five different species, different yeah. kinds of aliens and people. And, and creatures and whatnot. Creatures. Yeah, so they were... So their biggest challenge was how how are we going to introduce all these characters and give them their background? And to the point where the... Everyone knows who they are, and they begin to care about them. And they were incredibly talented and clever enough to do it in that trailer with the lineup. And you literally (laughs) are getting the bullet points of each character. This is Groot, you know? And the guy's like, what the heck is that? He's like, yeah. Yeah. And so he goes and he says, blah, 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 point one, point two, point three. Next thing, oh, that's Rocket, you know? He's cybernetic. Yeah. Raccoon. Yeah. And he's he, and then, you know, even when you uh when you pause the trailer, you can see that there's more information on what's being listed and what's, you know, on right. the screen. You know, you go to the next person, you go Drax, the destroyer, you know, and you it goes on and then again it just it was so smart of them to to, to do it like that. And then for the rest of the movie, I would say for the rest of the movie, you're looking at everything through uh Star Lord. Through, through Peter Quill's eyes. Y- yeah, you're seeing everything through his point of view. And so you're meeting Rocket Raccoon for the first time. And that's why in the movie when he says, you're just a raccoon, Rocket turns around and says, what's a raccoon? Because he doesn't know what a raccoon is. Right. And so, and so you're, seeing at, you're seeing it all through the human eyes of, of, of Star-Lord. And I just think, man, they were so clever and smart with that movie. I think with that movie, what they, what they do a great job with is they – so they have that lineup. Yeah, which is that that's pretty early on yeah, in the yeah. movie, and then the rest of the rest of the movie, we're they're all you're, we're learning about the characters through, not even so much yes it's what they say, or but it's also very much how they're saying it, mm-hmm. and it's just how they how they interact you know like we have the stuff with all I think all the stuff that we learn with Drax is about how who Drax is 
and how like what how he is is because we see how he reacts to sarcasm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> why would I what is it? What why would that go over my head? I would I would my just, reflexes are too fast. <laughs> I would just catch it. Or you yeah, know, like, nothing whatever. goes over my head. <laughs> yeah. Like so we see we see that with again, like we with Rocket with the line that says, you know, all right, I what's a raccoon? I don't like I'm just to me, to Rocket, he's not a raccoon. He's Rocket. You yeah. Know? And with even with Peter Quill, you're, we're seeing all that. So, I think that's I think that is a great a great point, and it's a credit to James Gunn mm-hmm. and the, the writing team there, and all the you know the people involved in that movie. And it kind of gives me hope for some of these movies that we have later on down the road, because they with Guardians, I think they proved that there's a possibility, maybe maybe faint. But that they could have just jumped right to the Avengers, yeah, because yeah. At, they did in Guardians what Marvel did across Iron Man one and two. I think it's I think it's five movies: Iron Man one and two, Cap, Thor, and Hulk. Yeah, Incredible Hulk. They did in one movie, as, yeah. as far as explaining all these characters. People care about those characters just as much as any of the other ones. Yeah, and and I think that's incredible. I think that's why. The you know Guardians of the Galaxy. That's why it's so, it's so beloved and why people enjoy it so much because it really, man. Somehow you were able, and maybe maybe because it wasn't just one character. Maybe because it was a team. Maybe it was a you know that. Maybe that's why people were able to kind of just jump in and, and accept some of those things a little bit easier. Maybe or whatever it may be. But man, it they really did a great job with that movie. And so it can be done, but I think we what we why we're concerned about origin stories and whatnot is because of movies that are coming out soon. Right. And so, for example, the big one obviously is uh, we have Batman v Superman, and then we also have Suicide Squad, and we're literally we are meeting handfuls of characters for the first time. Right. And we're seeing all of this for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so we are. So, yeah. So maybe that's why we are, are nervous about him because have, you know, is there going to be enough time? Am I going to be able to really accept this, this character and this, this actor who's portraying them? You know, can it, can it be done? And so uh, we can, we, we've seen that it can be done with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, let's just hope that, you know, yeah, it's I th- more of that. I think else. with Suicide Squad, and I think we've mentioned it in the Cinematic Universes episode, but with that one, we have all of these, like, you have that lineup shot of yeah. all of these people, and we're we're seeing, again, like I said, you know, earlier, we're seeing, in that movie, when, you know, that day comes, and we're finally watch, sitting down, watching Suicide Squad, we're going to have to Decide whether or not we appreciate and believe in all like that huge lineup of mm-hmm. of you know of Killer Croc and Hammerhead I think is in it and Deadshot and whether or not we believe in Will Smith is Deadshot whether or not we <laughs> believe in Jared Leto is Joker which Jer- Joker that's going to be a tough one just because he's a beloved he's a beloved character yep whether or not we believe in Harley Quinn you know whether or not we believe in all these things wh- why are we rooting for them and it seems like there's just not going to be enough time in the movie to do all that effectively. Yeah, and we'll and again, we'll see how it, how it turns out by just by just looking at the trailer. I mean, I, it looks good. Uh, in looking at the trailer, uh, it looks like it's going to be a good movie. It looks like it's going to be fun. It looks like the action's going to be there and man, they're they're going all in kind of a kind of a thing. 
So just looking at the trailer alone, yeah, I'm excited about it. Well, again, we'll see what happens. You know, with Batman v Superman, we're meeting Wonder Woman for the first time, we're which is Batman for this Batman for the first time. Yeah, we're meeting. Yeah, exactly. And then we're also there are even rumors that the villain in that movie isn't even Lex, but it's maybe Doomsday, which is which a is like that seems like a waste. Yeah, it's a <laughs> for one, like yeah. to have a, a villain as big as Doomsday. Yeah, and, be, and you know, be the villain. And if for, obviously, for those who know in the comics, like this isn't a spoiler to the movie, but it's it is a spoiler to like comic book, you know, Superman comic book runs and stories. But Doomsday was the one that killed Superman. So Superman, this whole time, you know, in his whole existence in the comic book world, he was undefeated, and no one could match against him. And then Doomsday is created, and he defeats. Um, he kills Superman. And so for, there was a time there in the comic books where he was, n- there was no more Superman stories written about, and about that no character. And no one could beat Superman, and this character beats Superman. Yeah. Who can then beat Doomsday? Yeah, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, I think they both kill, They I think they both end up killing each other like in the fight, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I've, since I've read that story, but... Um, I think they both end up killing each other, like, in the fight. But, again, so there, there's even rumors in the movie, in the next movie that's coming out, Batman v Superman, that that maybe Doomsday is in the, the movie. And so it's maybe that's what it takes to bring Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman together to join forces yeah. against Doomsday. Which, again, I guess I, 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 I buy that. I can believe that. But... Well, that's but, another character you're gonna have to make yeah, me. That's another. Fall, you that, know, again, I, like you, we, you have, you're having to then care about Doomsday, and which sounds weird, but with, you're gonna have to make me yeah. care about that character. And it, with Doomsday, because he's a created being, mm-hmm. it might be easier to do because we see with Age of Ultron, yeah, where Ultron, like that's that's a quick intro. A, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a really quick. That movie doesn't. There's not. A, I don't think there's any time where that movie drags, except on the farm. <laughs> yeah. But it makes sense because it's a farm. It would slow, things would slow down <laughs> on a farm. But yes. uh, yeah, so it maybe because he's a, a developed, you know, and he's he's kind of made. It would make sense for that movie or for that for Doomsday to be quickly developed. But to have, and it would make sense. Like you, I, I agree with you. It would make sense to have then like Batman. He's he's ticked off at Superman. In this movie, and then Doomsday comes in, and Batman doesn't have any option but to put aside his differences with Superman. Yeah, I and mean, take up arms against Doomsday. It makes sense. I guess that's what it takes for those guys to come together as one. But we'll we'll see how that works. And obviously, with Doomsday being created, and then we're assuming that's Lex that creates him. We're assuming that he's created by Lex, you know. And so we'll see if if that right. if that will. That if that's how it plays out, but um, so that's pretty much it. That's our episode on on heroes and origins. I, I think it was a fun topic to talk about. Um, I think we pretty much covered it, almost everything. Cody, maybe I I feel yeah. like there's I don't <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else I want to say. So you, you feel good. <laughs> I feel good. All right. All right. Well, listen, if you guys have anything you guys want to add uh, about origins, and maybe we missed an origin story, maybe we we forgot to mention a great movie, or maybe we, f- we forgot an element of an origin story, um, hit us up on, on our social media. Hit us up on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. 
um, you have that information. It's that if you're on Twitter or Instagram, the handle is heroes underscore and. If it's on Facebook, facebook.com slash heroes and. Um, but let us know what you thought about this episode. Let us know if there's anything you want to add to it. And don't forget, uh, Secret Wars is out. Our Secret Wars is happening. Issue number five comes out August 12th. That's about two weeks from now. So make sure you pick that up and read it. It's really crazy, the stuff that's going on uh, that's w- with that. But don't forget to hashtag Heroes and Secret Wars because when we finish that, again, we'll be doing an episode on Secret Wars, just covering all eight issues. Yeah. And we'd love to hear your thoughts and address them in the in that episode. Yeah, it should be good. So appreciate you guys listening. Again, just subscribe to our podcast, rate our podcast, give us some um, give us some reviews. That way we know how to make this podcast a better podcast for you, the listener. We appreciate you guys um, showing and continuing to show us support. So thank you guys. Uh, other than that, I'm Andy. I'm Cody. And, and we're out. <laughs>